This is a transformative time for black America. Our income is at an all-time high, and the opportunity for economic empowerment is unprecedented. It's not just about dreaming anymore. It's about turning those dreams into reality by creating blueprints for generational wealth. Prudential has a remarkable history of supporting communities and institutions that have been overlooked for far too long. For instance, they've pledged a staggering $1 billion to programs, partners, and initiatives focused on historically excluded communities. Build your financial blueprint today at prudential.com blueprints. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Ann Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes Film.com to get tickets now. Bring spring color inside this season with Bare Premium Plus paint, starting at just $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. Add a pop of blue to your kitchen with the Bare exclusive color Arrowhead Lake or a splash of Amazon jungle to your living room. Bring a cool breeze to your bathroom with sea glass or accent your bedroom with sunrise-inspired colors like coral cloud and dark crimson. Let your creativity bloom this spring with Bare Premium Plus paint starting at just $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Dynasty the King. King. Perhaps the Christmas season is starting early because, Dylan, we finally got a Thursday night football game that was both competitive and fantasy goodness. I mean, my favorite... TNF game, you know, prior to this one had to be the Justin Fields, DJ Moore game earlier this season. But this was the best. Yeah. But this game, back and forth, Dallas Cowboys get the win. 35-41, Cowboys on top. Dak looked electric. And if you're a fantasy owner, almost any player you had, other than like Rico Dwaddle, um, had an unbelievable game. Are you going to correct my pronunciation? <laughs> no, there? I'm going to let you rock, bro. I'll let, I'll it, leave, I'll let the comment section. Is it Dwaddle? It's only a matter of time before we get, you know, people commenting like, does this dude actually know how to pronounce anyone's name? Dwaddle, I think it's endearing it's, it's that I it's, don't. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like one of those things that's cute, you know, like a puppy. It's like, oh, he doesn't know how to speak English. Uh, I have some endearing qualities. One of those is mispronouncing <laughs> Rico Dowdle's name. It's it, dude, it's um, adorable. I'm I'm being really honest. It's adorable. Thank you. That means a lot. <laughs> um, you know what else is adorable? Two ninety nine and three from Dak Prescott. Dylan, oh. how painful is it? We were just talking about this before the show. Uh, one of the one of the hardest things in Dynasty is not just the trades you make, but it's the trades that like you don't make or like the regret. Let me rephrase that. Some, some of the biggest regrets I have is the trades I made that I shouldn't have made. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You're always like, oh, I should have traded for this player at a certain time. But trading away guys to then go to an elite status they never had on your team. Dak, I traded away to you last year because in my head, he was always going to be quarterback nine, quarterback 10 on a season. Wow. Right now, he is setting the world on fire. Obviously, we're both Cowboys fans. It's great to see the Cowboys playing well and getting a win. But how painful was it for you watching Dak continue to dominate on Mike's team. Yeah, exactly what we were talking about before the show was the fact that I literally traded Dak away. I think it was the bye week and it wasn't because he had a bye. It was, that was the point in the season when I had decided, you know what, it's time for me to pack it up, ship him off. I need to get two first for him while I can, whatever. Since then, 
he literally has been on an absolute tear. 20 touchdowns. I think he's like, yeah, he's he's thrown 20 touchdowns. The next closest is CJ Stroud. He's thrown 10 in the last six games. It's like the dude is playing out of his mind, and it continued yeah. tonight. Like he literally, everyone that has talked about Dak and how he can't win games, or he's he's not the he's not the wag or what is it? It's the the truck and the wagon analogy. He's not he's the truck. That's what it is. You know how the truck pulls the wagon. The quarterback is the truck pulls the team. Do, I have never heard this analogy heard ever, bro. Oh like th- that is some country bumpkin level stuff. I'm ashamed <laughs> I don't know it. Like you heard about trucks in the wagon. The truck is going to no, pull listen, the wagon. So the truck pulls the wagon, right? The quarterback that's the truck can yeah. actually support it. You get you understand where I'm coming from, right? Oh, 100. Okay, okay, We've always you. said Dak Dak pl- can maximize an offense to what the coach can do with it, right? Well, yeah, or even like I, mean, I think Dak is proving that he is the truck that drives the yeah. wagon that pulls the wagon, yeah. and I think. We're seeing that he did that tonight because the defense, the superstar defense of the Dallas Cowboys has been lights out. Deron Bland with all of his pick sixes got burnt toast all night tonight. All well, night tonight. Still, shout out to Deron. I, I mean, he still had an interception. I, I think it's – No, he dropped it. Come, no, no, he had an interception. Oh, did he? he picked that, off, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, yeah, no. Yeah, he he yeah. undercut her. I know. He you're had right, a couple. Right. He had a couple he opportunities. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. he did have one pick. That's Something right. that we shouldn't forget is that Dan Quinn – and Pete Carroll probably know each other incredibly well. So even though it's been a long time since Dan Quinn has been the defensive coordinator for the Seattle Seahawks, there's going to be some bleed over. They, you know, that's like Dan Quinn's an unbelievable defensive coordinator, but Pete Carroll and a Pete Carroll led, you know, team, there's going to be, you know, drip down in terms of knowledge sure. on how to beat it. But someone who beat it like a drum was DK Metcalf. Six for 143 and three touchdowns. DK Metcalf making Boy. up for, I don't want to say lost time, but lost fantasy points. He, right, I mean, he put her on bland. Like, in a blender. He was in a blender yeah. all night. Like, it, it was bad. And I think no one, if I'm being honest, no one saw this coming from DK Metcalf, right? Like, I don't think anyone, would not you say you saw level. it? Not to against, that extent, Against the right? Dallas defense, no. I, I mean, yes. certainly not. I I, uh, I put together one of my parlays again tonight. I'm four yards away from hitting it. I really, I started Rico Dwaddle in a league, and I dowdle. And Rico Dowdle Dwaddle came up four yards short. But w- the one of the legs I passed up was DK Metcalf, the over on his receiving, which was 62, because I was like, oh, I just wow. feel like, yeah, I just, I, you know, it's been inconsistent. and. Yeah. He exactly. just exploded against. Well, also, there was, like, you know, was a good defense. We didn't know if Gino was actually healthy, right? There's been some lingering the elbow, yeah. his elbow, all these injuries. So no one really knew. But I mean, goodness gracious, DK Metcalf, like he, that guy balled out. Like Mike just traded him away, which I'm sure he's. And no, the I, funny thing is, Mike. So Mike traded DK away. I was going to bring this earlier up, yeah. this week. DK this week in our league has been traded, and Yako has been traded three separate times. Right, I traded him to Mike. Mike traded him to uh, I can't remember who, someone else, and then that team traded them to someone else. The last trade was now the team that plays Mike this week. So now Mike mm-hmm. is playing against DK after at the beginning of the week having DK. And that's- no, it, it's we're going to talk about rivalries a little bit in below <laughs> deck. I know, but like, th- there's nothing worse than when a player like because Mike almost traded with the team he's playing this week he but he ended up not doing the deal because negotiations were so contentious and then in a roundabout way two trades later like you just mentioned dk ends up playing against him this team is supposed to not be competitive they're tanking they're kind of done for the season they're oh, no, in their mind they're competitive well <laughs> this is also your biggest <laughs> yes. rival yeah, well, yeah dinguses <laughs> we'll talk uh, about it later but dk metcalf 
Um, his end of season schedule is juicy. And part of what I was talking with Mike about when he was, he had acquired DK and then he was selling him. I was like, bro, his end of season schedule is so, so good. He plays San Francisco next week. Uh, but then after that, Philly, Tennessee, Pittsburgh, Arizona. And so he's either playing games where he's going to need to score a lot of points or he's playing against horrible defenses. So DK Metcalf could certainly be a league winner um, down the stretch. Still only 25 years old. In terms of dynasty value, is Dylan, is, is DK forever, or not forever, but for the next three years, is he going to be somewhere from wide receiver 10 to wide receiver 16? Because it feels like he just feels so safe right in that pocket. I think so. I think he will be. And I think he... I think he should be a, a back-end wide receiver one. I've always yeah. been a huge fan of DK. And to me, he'll always sit at that back-end wide receiver one because I know what he's capable of. I think yeah. we saw that tonight, right? tonight, yeah. Exactly. No, we saw he can pop off, but you're going to get those low games or like even a streak of just like, eh. Yeah. But you just, you just got to kind of deal with that because who else is giving you that production and has that upside? Yeah, and, and and consistent like every single year, you know this guy at any you know very similar to like a Mike Evans. He's one of those big body freak athletes that at any given moment can score you a lot of touchdowns. Um, someone who scored a touchdown and who I am incredibly bullish on. I have him in almost every league, and specifically I have him in yacht club. He's one of the three or four players who <laughs> of relevance. Jake Ferguson, six for seventy seven and a touchdown, getting chippy with Jamal Adams. You love to see it. Super young, love it. Jake Ferguson. Top 10 dynasty tight end going forward. The question is how high can he rise? He's connected to Dak, who's going nuclear. Ferguson, that's superstar. That's the key. So, yes, as long as Jake Ferguson is a Dallas Cowboy, he is a top 10 tight end. Right. Anyone who has that tight end one position in Dallas with Dak as a quarterback is a top, I'm even going to say top five tight end. Dalton Schultz was the same way. Jake Ferguson, to me, is a top five tight end. I don't care what you say. He's playing lights out right now and Dak Prescott loves his tight end position that's where he goes to and that pass to Ferguson oh my gosh that, that touchdown great. oh it was beautiful that was one of the best throws I think I've ever seen Dak make it was just like oh it was perfect. Dak had a couple big highlight plays and, and really should have scored more points he you know he uh had that holding penalty on one that he ran in um and then Tony Pollard dropped dropped a touchdown pass from him and then yeah. ended up running it in the next off play his, like, off his right. face mask Literally yeah, off his it face hit him mask. right in the hands, in the face mask. Speaking of Tony Pollard, uh, 20 for 68 and a touchdown on the ground. We were talking about this. Pollard found the end zone, so you're happy with his fantasy finish. He looks bad to me. Like, yeah. the Cowboys are definitely going to be drafting someone, maybe someone in free agency. Pollard cannot, in my opinion, be the first down back. He doesn't look good with a bigger workload. He just, he's another cautionary tale. We're going to be talking about cautionary tales a little bit further of that super efficient running back that gets all the work. And, and it ends up not working out. Lamar Miller being kind of the most famous for fantasy purposes. Dylan, where, what do you do with the Tony Pollard? If, I mean, if you're still competing, you just you ride him out for this season. But if you're kind of on the bubble, is it is it sell to a contender by any means necessary? I mean, it's hard to say sell, man. He's coming off three hot games. He's I mean, he's putting up double-digit points for you week in and week out right. because of the offense that he's in. Um, I mean, his efficiency is not there. I think he had like three, just over three yards of carry this game. If you were six and six and you could get um, multiple seconds next year, would you not be tempted to just? Oh, that's a move I would make. Yes, yes. Yeah. If I was like, middling like, six and six on the bubble, I, like I had maybe a bubble. you can make. I'm telling still, you, but I'm telling you, after this season, he's not going to be worth. You're not getting more than a single second if you're lucky, depending on where he goes, because he's not going to be a Dallas Cowboy next year. But who will be Rico Dowdle? I love Rico Dowdle, and, and we were talking Dwaddle. Sure, Dwaddle Dowdle. Dwaddle daddle. Dwaddle daddle. Dwaddle duck. 
<laughs> we are really children. Um, no, I love Rico Dowdle. And I think we talked about it a little bit before the show. I don't know if Tony Pollard's so bad that Dowdle looks good. I think he's just spry and he looks like he, he just runs the ball hard, like with purpose. When you yeah. see Pollard, it's like Dowdle jumps, makes a jump cut, hits the hole. Pollard just kind of runs into the back of the lineman and then they push him forward. So if you do trade away Pollard or whatever, sure. I would try and go get Dowdle for the cheap. If you can go yeah. and snag Dowdle, because the Cowboys like to just, they like to keep it in house, right? Sure, they might draft a running back this year. Draft class isn't super strong. There's some backs, but I but think Dowdle will have still, a role next year. Yeah, even if he's still the RB2 there next year and they move on from Pollard, who's more expensive, there's value mm-hmm. to be had there. It's kind of going to hero, zero running back is certainly, I mean, it's not that it's an unknown strategy in Dynasty, but it's always fun to highlight players like a Dowdle who, can provide additional value. Um, lastly, Zach Charbonnet had a great game, but then exited with injury. I have no idea what the injury was. It's a knee injury. Um, they didn't say what, but they said knee injury. Yeah. Seattle, I mean, JSN had a, had a great showing, but Charbonnet had his best game, first career touchdown. Um, so frustrating when a player finishes with like 98 to 99 yards from scrimmage in my league. I, I started him in a redraft league where we have – when you reach 100 scrimmage yards, you get a two-point bonus. And both mm-hmm. Dak had 299. I'd have gotten a two-point bonus there. And I'm sharp. I was like, come on, man. Like, Give me one more yeah. yard. It really is a game of inches. But uh, good showing from the rookie. It's good to see that when Ken Walker is out, he can handle the workload. Had a big screen pass that was the majority of his – well, I don't want to say the majority of his yards, but it was a big, big chunk of it. Uh, and then JSN, best game of the week. We, we argued about this. I thought JSN caught that pass at the end of the half for a touchdown. Seattle got in either way, but seven – for 62, JSN working in the slot, being a chain mover, and drew a lot of penalties as well, which, by the way, that was the one. I don't know if it was a negative. Very rarely do I root for penalties, but it seemed like penalties were creating so many first downs and stopping the clock to make this. Like, we had 70-something. We had 76 points scored in this game, right? Like, just... There was a lot of pass interference or illegal contact or a whole. There was 250 penalty yards, like unbelievable. Like crazy. Yeah, it's nuts. But JSN, he looked awesome. You have said it like till you've been blue in the face, like patient with your rookies, patient with your rookies. If you somehow bought JSN when he wasn't performing early on in the season, I think you have to be really ecstatic with what you're seeing now. I 100% agree. And I don't want to jump too far back, but I do want a question about Charbonnet for you yeah. and, and Walker. Charbonnet, I mean, we've seen it with Walker. Walker can't stay healthy. I don't know if it's a Seattle curse or what, but their running backs just cannot stay healthy. Charbonnet, he missed some time earlier this season. I think it was a shoulder yeah. injury. Like he's been banged up. So, well, I mean, all preseason, there all was, pre- yeah, yeah, like there was like, something lingering. And I know he missed regular season time. So, yeah. I mean, with Charbonnet, are you worried about him? Do you think, I mean, he had a great game. When he was playing, no, I, I think Charbonnet is is he is the same as Jalen Warren. He is the same as Keaton Mitchell to some extent. Well, not actually. That's a completely different. That's a terrible comp because we don't know what is going to go on with J.K. Dobbins. But he's one of those like elite handcuffs with maybe some weakness. Oh, you still think he's a handcuff? So you're taking Walker yeah. over? You think it's Walker's I mean, show? Oh, no question, bro. No, hmm. I mean we've seen this from Seattle before, man. Like we would see, uh, you know, Chris Carson miss time. Ken Walker would come in. I mean. Going all the way back, do you remember Thomas Rawls with Marshawn yeah. Lynch? It was like Marshawn Lynch got all the work. They had a bell cow guy, and Thomas Rawls would be efficient. Like, oh, maybe he touched the ball more. Marshawn Lynch would miss time towards the end of his career. Thomas Rawls would come in. You're like, holy cow, this yeah. guy's great. You know. So I, to me, the only reason we're talking about Charbonnet is because Kenneth Walker wasn't in the game. It, until Kenneth Walker looks bad on the field, which he has not when he's played 
at all to yeah, me this no, season. No, he's, he's um, it's and the other thing I wanted to point out too, we give Kenneth Walker a lot of crap for like, oh, it's always one big play. He looks inefficient on the ground and then it's a touchdown or it's this long run. That's exactly what Charbonnet did tonight. It wasn't like he was getting chunk run <laughs> yeah. after chunk run. It was like three to four a carry at best. He had a couple good runs, but he was mostly getting stuffed. He had a big screen pass and he found his way into the end zone. So it seems like it, that is the Seattle running back just is the Seattle running back. You can pencil it in for 20 touches and about 15 points, no matter who it is. But um, before we move on, I would love your thoughts on JSN because you yes, have been yes, a, a, fan, a huge fan of his since before he was ever even drafted. Yeah, I mean, he was my wide receiver one coming into this this year. And I did the landing spot. I was like, ah, oh, DK's there, Tyler Lockett's there. But one thing we talked about, and I've said this, yes, be patient on your rookies, but specifically with JSN, I knew there would be a turning point with Tyler Lockett. Right. And we saw that tonight where JSN was the number two option in that offense. DK is the yeah. unquestioned one. I, I'm not, I don't, we don't, we know JSN's not going to be the one he, he, but he can be a very supportive too. like Lockett. He could maybe be a one B next year. Or something one B, like. he 100%. Under that, yeah. I'll tell you, he's a better wide receiver and a better athlete than Tyler Lockett. I, and I can, yeah. I can tell you at that. this point in his career, no question. At this point, yeah. Well, yes, 100%. And so we saw that shift tonight. And if you waited on, on JSN, it's going to start to come to fruition. I'm not going to say he's going to jump into that. I still don't think he's a wide receiver one in dynasty. I think I would probably have him around still the 15 to 20 range. If I'm being completely honest, I I don't think he's jumped into that top 15 yet. You know, him and Devontae Smith feel like very, and Devontae Smith's in a better offense. It's a very similar situation in my mind um, because it's a really, really good route running receiver. And I don't think we haven't seen this yet, but JSN is big play threat. Um, and, yeah. and if he's used like Tyler Lockett is used next year, if they move on from Lockett, get some more deep targets, I think he's going to return well on him. I think it was a touchdown that w- what he caught, even as a Cowboys fan. I do not um, think it was. But I think also, too, the big question with, with JSN is what do they do at quarterback next year? That um, is what I was going to ask. Geno Smith it, had a great fantasy game. You I know mean, what I want to see? fantasy game. I think we talked what about this last, last week off air. I want to see Michael Penix Jr. in that Seattle offense. That would be. I want to see Justin Fields in Seattle. Absolutely not. If you get Michael Penix in that offense, just slinging it to DK Metcalf and JSN, like, oh my, bro, that would be. Keep keep him in Washington. Keep him in Washington. No, it would be cool to see. Um, but listen, an amazing fantasy game. You you dream of Thursday night games like that. So, um, so much we, we could stay here pretty much the entire night but we are going to move on um take a quick commercial break when we come back we're going to be talking about players you need to be a little bit skeptical on as trade deadlines come and maybe you're out of it looking to get more youthful doesn't always work out the way you think it does we're going to be highlighting that right after this what's up i'm john wall and i'm cj toledano and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called point game Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? My first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. 
Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my dance, <laughs> Hey guys, Rob Parker here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer. Making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck like the rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower further than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with the new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Prudential knows that no community is a monolith, and we all have unique financial needs. With black community partners across the nation, Prudential has a remarkable history of supporting communities and institutions that have been overlooked for far too long and are making a tangible impact. This includes their home city of Newark, where they're actively engaged in building stronger financial foundations. They are dedicated to offering equitable financial services that cater to diverse individual requirements while recognizing our shared goal of wealth building. For instance, they've pledged a staggering $1 billion to programs, partners, and initiatives focused on historically excluded communities. It's not just about dreaming anymore. It's about turning those dreams into reality by creating blueprints for generational wealth. Power the dreams of our communities today and future generations tomorrow. Learn more and build your financial blueprint today at prudential.com slash blueprints. Dylan, before we jump into this next segment, which we've, we've named buyer beware, um, I'm kind of buyer beware about next week's Thursday night football matchup. Like we're just, we're so jazzed. We're so buzzed about this awesome game. And like at the end of the game, they're bringing up next week, Patriots versus Steelers. I was oh, like, ah, gosh. literally. You're yeah. Like, oh, great. Can you pick it versus we don't even know. It could be. I think the Malik first Cunningham. quarter. The first quarter of this game that we just watched of the Cowboys Seahawks <laughs> is going to outscore the entirety. Of Dak Prescott, or not Dak Prescott. Um, DK Metcalf probably had more receiving yards in this game than we'll see from all the receivers combined on both teams next Thursday. Hey, you put some respect on George Pickens' name. <laughs> oh my they God, got rid of Matt Canada. I'm I'm stoked for next week just oh. for George Pickens. It's going to be oh great. Oh my God, um, ridiculous. But it, you know, we are both in an interesting situation. Obviously I started the season in Yacht Club knowing that I was going to be tanking, but in another dynasty league I'm in, I've missed playoffs. Like it's, it's slim to none. You know, I'm, I, I got seven losses. I'm probably going to win this week, but even if I finish seven and seven, it's like, okay, it's, it's an outside chance. I make the playoffs mm-hmm. trade deadline is this week. And I wanted to kind of turn back the clock because it's one of the fun parts of dynasty is the amount of moves that get made right as play right before playoffs begin, whether you do have a trade deadline or you don't, I know some leagues don't um, where you go like, okay, I'm not competing this year. Let me sell away competitive pieces. Let me get younger. Let me buy guys that are having good rookie years. And a lot of us don't want to make blockbuster moves, but we do sort of 
I don't want to call it like mid-level or like just interesting rookies. Guys, you deal in all the time, Dylan. I mean, the, the amount of times you traded like a Curtis Samuel, you know what I mean? You're like, catching strays. I'm just minding no, my own business while listening no, to you it, introduce not, this segment. And this man want to say, yeah, you make mediocre trades. What's the... No, 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 no. no. What's, what I'm, I'm saying, thinking, oh, mediocre guys, trades like you make, Dylan. They're not mediocre. Blockbuster trades are, are trades with players who are in the top 12 to you know, the top 15 of their position. You do a lot of deals from player ranking of, you know, in the trade cut 30 to 50. And that's okay. It worked out with Nico Collins, right? Nico Collins, I believe you acquired at the end of last year. Am I mistaken about that? No, it was in the off season. Yeah, it was, it was in, in the, the off season. season. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So something I wanted to bring up is, you know, you're, when you're out of it, you're still looking to develop. You're looking to buy youthful players. Do you remember how much of a dynasty darling Greg Dulcich became at the end of last season. Who? Exactly. But Greg Dulcich had a great finish Greg to his Dulcich. rookie year. He came on. He he got all the way up to tight end eleven on keep trade cut, and it was all based on the fact that I mean, Denver's offense last year was abysmal, and Sean Payton came out and said, you know, Nathaniel Hackett was like the worst head coach. It was like all this all <laughs> this new Aaron Rodgers like you better watch your mouth, like be worried about week whatever, but like. It looked like Sean Payton might have been correct. He came to town. Greg Dulcich is dead for dynasty value. He's had no relevance this season. Admittedly, because of injury, he's missed nine of 11 games. But even before the season started, we talked to Charles Robinson and found out he was running with the twos because Adam Troutman was the starter based on blocking. And so if you had spent early capital on Greg Dulcich, you know where else he was a, a darling was best ball. I saw him every, I started, I was doing tons mm-hmm. of best ball drafts in March. You saw Greg, Dul- Greg Dulcich coming on the, off the board ahead of Chigakonkwo, ahead of Cole Komet, Jake Ferguson. Certainly it, there was yeah. just a lot of Greg Dulcich love out there. And so I wanted to ask the question, not necessarily who is this year's Greg Dulcich, but who's someone that is, well, I mean, essentially I'm asking that question, but it doesn't have to be the exact <laughs> comp. I'm not, what I'm not trying to say is that this player is going to be a, a bust and they're going to go to zero. I'm simply saying maybe this player is having a career year or the best year they're going to have because of the situation that they're in. Um, Dylan, do you have a Greg Dulcich in mind that you can bring up? Because I certainly have one. I think you'd be shocked at whose mind would be. Uh, I want to hear yours. Now you got me intrigued. What, what, what are you going to – I'm, I'm going to be shocked. You can't shock you me with tight end. There's not very many tight ends. No. Oh, oh, someone that's a. That, you know so, how loyal I am to my guys. You know, if, <laughs> if, if if they're my guy, I'm like, I will I will be a pallbearer at their funeral. I will put them in my will. Cole Komet has been one of my absolute. That was going to be mine. I'm, we so guys, we no, this is like we legitimately no. did not talk before the show. Cole Komet, I'm not kidding you, was going to be mine. And because I'm so because glad of I went first. probably, no, I'm probably so glad because I went of the first. opposite reasons of you're gonna that you're gonna say no. though. So please go. No, uh, th- th- all right. First of all, that's that's hilarious. I'm glad I went first because then you'd have been like you're just. I literally, me. Yes. You know how much I love Cole Komet because I've loved Justin Fields. Cole Komet is having a fantastic season. He's the tight end six on the year right now. Um, but the reason Greg Dulcich became irrelevant was a regime regime change. I've paid a lot of attention to the Bears as we know because my Justin Fields love. You and I have talked about it at length. I don't know if uh, the head coach, uh, Eberflus, is going to be in Chicago next year. More importantly, I don't know who the quarterback's going to be. Justin Fields seems to like Cole Komet. Tyson Bajit seems to like Cole Komet. But you know who I really hope isn't in Chicago next year is Lou Getze because he is a terrible offensive coordinator, but he seems to be part of the reason why Cole Komet is finding success. 
we have no idea what the regime change is going to be. And when that, you know, Cole Komet, he's got a long-term contract. He's different than Greg Dulcich in that case. I simply think this might be the ceiling that we're seeing right now. He's getting targeted like crazy. He's getting receptions like crazy. Last year, it was built off of touchdowns. I just think if if Chicago is going to take a step forward, you need a more leg- not a more legitimate threat than Cole Komet downfield because I do think Cole Komet is a very very good tight end. But you need a legitimate wide receiver two target threat to complement DJ Moore. Darnell Mooney isn't it. The Bears have a lot of draft capital. A lot of changes coming to Chicago, and I think that Cole Komet has been the beneficiary of. Hey, I'm one of like three players you can really trust with the ball right now. So I'm so mad right now. I really was hoping that we could, again, I could just shove Justin Fields in your face with this and be like, ah, Cole Komet. But of course you, of course you pick Cole Komet. But you make a great point. I think to to kind of just bounce off what you were saying. I, I can't believe you why, chose. I can't. Ah, that makes me so mad, bro. It's like to so me that was glaring when you look. When you look at, I mean, he's tied in ten he's right tied now. In, by the way, and keep trade cut. He's tied in six on the season. So I was so, literally yeah. looking in that top ten range, and I'm like, I just. I don't see I see them upgrading the wide receiver. They have to upgrade the wide receiver room. They're gonna get better than a number two Darnell Mooney, right? They in this this there's there's a draft is full of wide receivers. They can mm-hmm. go and get a Marvin Harrison Jr. They have two first round picks that are gonna be early. So I just think they upgrade and I don't think Komet is the two maybe he's the three, if, but Mooney's still going to be in the leaves, If Justin Fields leaves, there's a chance that, you know, building rapport with the new quarterback, that you're starting from scratch. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I mean, it, I mean the target, even the targets over the last, uh, let's say from week eight, he had 10 targets, eight targets, seven targets four, and then seven targets. He's seen nine. Yeah. Like that's a lot. That is, that is because yeah. there is no wide receiver two option. That is the only yeah. reason why. Well, and, and the other thing I will say, this isn't to say I don't think Kolkomet isn't talented. This isn't to say this isn't someone you should even buy. I'm simply saying don't buy on the pro forma ascending price. Hey, he's tied in Correct. six. Next year he could – I this I think is like his ceiling. and It might be like near his floor. He might always be a back-end tight end one, and that's great. I just don't see the path where it gets better because right now, like you said, the targets can't get any better. The offense can definitely get better, but I don't think that the yes. targets can. Yeah, um, I think too. With just last thing on Cole Komet, I think once once a tight end like there was a league where I was I was trying to get Cole Komet earlier in the season, and mm-hmm. they wanted a first for Cole Komet, and I was like, that is crazy to me. Like for a tight end, there's not very many tight ends that I'm paying a first in, for. In a, in, in a tight end premium league, is, no, it was wasn't there? premium. That's the thing. In okay, a premium that's, league, that's sure. Insane. In a premium league, sure. But this was no premium yeah. on the tight end. So. Once a player gets around that value, and similar to Greg Dulcich, what happened to Dulcich? There was a regime regime re, regime. Wow, now I'm like you with names regime. Why can't I not say regime change? Regime. regime. My tongue like gets all stuck inside. I don't even know sideways yeah. and there's regime. <laughs> Can you say it for me? <laughs> a regime change. Thank you. Hey, if you, you be can pronounce players, I'll take care of just basic <laughs> English for you. I got you. Regime change. There we go. Oh, uh, no, I done lost my point. Anyways, there was a regime change with Craig Dulcich. And so, you know what? I'm just going to say, it could have a regime change and that could someone could bring in their own tight end. Hey. There's no loyalty to tight ends. That's all I was yeah. going to say. Good Lord. No. Yeah, that's change. good. The other thing about Cole Komet is he's also a great blocker. And so they may, yeah. in a new I mean, offense, a they may dude. utilize him. Yeah, 6'6", six, six, bro. He's, he's a big guy. Um, I'm going to make you go first on this next one um, <laughs> because he's someone you actually were touting in the offseason. And, and I'll admit it, you shifted your opinion before the season started. You kind of saw where I was coming from. But Jerry Judy finished 
the season last year as wide receiver 17. He also, in keep trade cut, lined up with that value. It seemed like Jerry Judy was finally finding his legs. And famously this year, he was wide receiver 17 on keep trade cut as well. So 17 and 17. And then the season happened (laughs) and he sucked. And Steve Smith put him in a body bag and his dynasty value has not recovered. Who is this year's Jerry Judy that we need to be a little bit aware of? I love when we don't like share the show doc or what we're going to say, because yeah. this, I, I think you're going to be shocked. Absolutely shocked. Okay. I'm putting, uh, don't look at the chat. I'm putting in the chat. So people do <laughs> So that it makes it look like it's genuine. Okay. I'll go ahead yeah. and say it while you're typing. And this is not because of it's, it's, don't look at mine. I'm not going to, it, this is not because I think he is Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy has completely separate issues from this guy. My guy is Nico Collins. Nico oh, Collins. Dude, we're just turning on our own dudes. We are some know, moody guys. Like, you are Nico I, Collins. Listen, I know. Wow. So What Nico, a plot twist. Me, I know. Let me explain. So I love me some Nico Collins. I think he's a legitimate wide receiver. CJ Stroud is incredible. He's going to support whatever wide receivers are there. Tank Dell is the one in that offense. He's proven that. He may be the smallest, but smallest, 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 but he's small but mighty. I'm really struggling yeah. with English today. He <laughs> small but mighty. <laughs> They're going to get another wide receiver. And I think that wide receiver will, he will take over whatever targets, whatever involvement. The outside role. Yes. And it could be a T Higgins, you know, everyone that's, that's the place that people want to see T Higgins go. There's a lot of wide receivers in the draft. I just, it it pains me to say, I love Nico Collins and he's great. And I do not, do not trade. If you listen to this podcast and you have the opportunity to capitalize on Nico at a, at a premium, absolutely do it. But if you're going for a ship, do not trade Nico because he's going to be valuable down the stretch. Wait yeah. till the offseason. It's not going to hit immediately. But I will say, I, you know, I, I would trade away Nico Collins. I wouldn't be buying him right now. I wouldn't be buying him. I would wow. wait to see how the offseason plays out. I know it's painful because also you got to think about it. if you're buying him right now, you're buying him at a premium, right? No, I, like, I, I agree. I mean, but isn't there a world where CJ Stroud gets even better in a full season? Yes, and absolutely. Like, but does that would be stealing, my selling point. If they bring another wide receiver in, which I'm, I will say right now, I'm 95% sure that they'll bring in another wide receiver. What is, what is Nico Collins' true ceiling compared to what he's done this year? I mean, does it I get, don't, does it I get feel like you're just trying to trick me into defending Nico Collins. I agree <laughs> no. with you completely. I, I love this answer. I didn't think of it at all. Like, this is great. Like, I, dude, it, pain, it really pains me. I was literally preparing yeah. for this and I was like, man, is there any way I can get around this? And I was like, no, it's too blockbuster. And I've got to stick with my, you know, I'm a man of conviction. Your, stick with your my answer conviction. is and, and way love, better than mine. And I, I love, love and I love Nico Collins, but I just, I don't what's see this trade cut high. value right now. Do you know off the top uh, of your head? No, let me take a look at it real quick. If you want to, yeah. if you want to give your spiel well, about Nico. No, no, I, that's really good. I, mine was a little bit different because I didn't see Nico. It, it didn't pop out because what jumps in, into my head with a Jerry Judy is this is a guy we've waited a long time to see anything happen with, you know, Jerry Judy had that high draft capital. He was drafted, you know, with CD lamb and it was like CD lamb, him. And I think there was another receiver. It was like the three of them. Oh, uh, Marquise Brown. And it was like, those three were just these unbelievable prospects. And, and Judy was the leader of them. And so you were hoping that, okay, eventually he's going to return on that hype that he originally had. And so the person that came to my mind was actually Jamison Williams who Mm. is finally starting to get his legs under him with the Detroit Lions. So here's kind of my my take. I think Jamison Williams is going to have 
he's going to start to emerge at the end of this season. I think he's going to flash a little bit. And I think that because of everyone's like, oh, he's finally getting utilized, people are going to jump all over it. I think his keep trade cut value is going to skyrocket relative to where it is now. And I think he it, it's fool's gold. I think he'll forever be wow. at least the third or fourth best option. It isn't happening right now, but no one saw Jerry Judy at the back end of the season being relevant last year. And as we said, he finishes the wide receiver 17. I think Jamison Williams can have a fantastic end of the season and be super relevant in playoffs um, and really take over the deep threat role. But the reality is I don't think you should trust it because Amon Ra is the one. I believe Sam Laporta or Jameer Gibbs is the two and three in whatever order you want to say. I think if you have Jamison Williams, if he has a boom game, you should immediately sell him because he needs to go to a different team. I, the, the reality is you're selling the draft capital hype. You're selling the fact that he was one of the first wide receivers taken in his class. Uh, and so, but I'll be honest, I like your answer way better. Nico <laughs> right. Collins is a lot more relevant. Yeah. And so Nico Collins, I, I looked up Nico Collins is wide receiver 23, by the way, on keep trade cut. And yeah. again, what we saw Jerry Judy, Jerry Judy had that strong finish. I, and like I said, Nico Collins is going to have a strong finish. He still is right. the wide receiver too in that offense. And that's that's what this whole segment's about. Like buyer beware. Don't buy into that. And yeah. I, I like Jamison Williams. I, we haven't seen it from him yet, put it together, but I think there, you've, you've seen him get more involved. involved. In you've seen him get yeah. more involved. And I think there's no, or not I think, I know there's no other options. It's Amon Ross St. Brown, Sam Laporta, sure. But like as far as a deep threat, no one can stretch the field except for no. Jamison Williams. So yeah. if Jamison Williams pops off for whatever reason, sell immediately on the hype sell immediately on the draft capital like you were saying but um yeah i mean i i jameson williams is a good one. i'm interested are interested to see if he puts it together but we'll see yeah no he had his highest yards of the season well no he actually had a different uh he had a, he had a game with 53 yards but then he missed some time um against baltimore it doesn't seem like he was in the game hardly at all but um yeah no he's he's been a little bit more relevant on snap percentage lately and so it's just one of those guys to pay attention to because I think he could have a big finish to the back mm-hmm. end of the year. And I think he's just one of those guys that will ride the offseason hype and people will be re-bringing up his draft profile. And I just don't think that that's relevant at this point in his career anymore. So once that again, this isn't, heart. yeah, it, this isn't, you can't go get these guys. This isn't to say they're universal busts. It's just one of those. I see this in real estate all the time where someone just projects the market to stay the same and grow at a linear pace. And you can't do that. Like there are going to be changes. Sometimes something is at its peak value and it's hard to tell because they're young or they seem ascending, but that that's really the, the, I mean, Jameson Williams can have a great NFL career and never be fantasy superstar. It's just the reality. Um, Moving on to someone who, and dude, like I'm weird. I'm, I'm weirded out as to who your answer is going to be. I'll go first on this one, but I want you to put it in. I'm going to close the chat so I can't see it. Just for accountability purposes. Um, What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. 
Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my dance, <laughs> Hey guys, it's Rich Davis from Cavino and Rich here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer. Making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance or any terrain from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew could stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features like the panoramic moonroof, you could sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter what your style, you could drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Prudential knows that no community is a monolith, and we all have unique financial needs. With black community partners across the nation, Prudential has a remarkable history of supporting communities and institutions that have been overlooked for far too long and are making a tangible impact. This includes their home city of Newark, where they're actively engaged in building stronger financial foundations. They are dedicated to offering equitable financial services that cater to diverse individual requirements while recognizing our shared goal of wealth building. For instance, they've pledged a staggering $1 billion to programs, partners, and initiatives focused on historically excluded communities. It's not just about dreaming anymore. It's about turning those dreams into reality by creating blueprints for generational wealth. Power the dreams of our communities today and future generations tomorrow. Learn more and build your financial blueprint today at prudential.com slash blueprints. Um, last year, Tyler Algier broke the Falcons' rookie rushing record. He had a fantastic end to the season. Uh, he was as high on keep trade cut as RB, let me double check, he was RB20. Um, it seemed like he was going to become uh, a stalwart in Atlanta. He, had, he, you know, he was traded for two seconds in, in the offseason in Yacht Club before the draft. Now, obviously, Bijan Robinson ends up there, and Tyler Algier, to no fault of his own, gets absolutely demolished in terms of fantasy value, both in production and and in you know a keep trade cut uh, hype, he's now RB forty. So who's a running back who, despite their on the field performance, despite their actual excellent production, can get demolished because there's no real draft capital loyalty or building? I'm actually them. pause pause. I'm nervous because I there's a strong chance. I don't look at the chat because mine is in the chat. I'm, not, I'm, I'm not. actually legitimately nervous. Okay, go ahead, go ahead. Mine is the actual RB12 on the season right now in Isaiah Pacheco. Okay, we're good. We're good. Okay, we're, we're good. good. All right, that's we're a good, good one. That's a good one. I like, right, I like yeah. that one. I like that one. Go ahead. So Isaiah Pacheco is a great running back. Um, I think he's a very, very like great seventh round pick that the Chiefs have stolen on. But I want to remind people of what happened in the NFL draft. It was heavily implied that the Chiefs were going to be taking Jameer Gibbs if he fell to them at the end of the first. And they were really disappointed when he didn't. They re-rolled the season with Clyde Edwards-Lelaire and Jarek McKinnon. He is uh, Isaiah Pacheco is currently the RB14 on keep trade cut. This is a sell. This is a screaming sell to me because he is not ever... Just the way Kansas City in the modern day in the Andy Reid offenses uses the running back, he's not ever going to get... 30 touches a game. It just very rarely is going to happen. He's not going to get the passing work and like, and all the rushing work. 
he's had a good season, largely on the back of injury from both Jarek McKinnon and Clyde Edwards-Alaire. They've been hardly involved whatsoever. Jarek McKinnon, when he was there with uh, Isaiah Pacheco last year, they were both popping off towards the end of the season in terms of usage, but Jarek McKinnon was getting all the receiving touchdowns. I think Isaiah Pacheco has reached his value, his peak value. I think you should sell him to a contender. There's no loyalty to him. I think they for sure draft a better pass catching running back and forever cap his ceiling and then his his future value. You could maybe get a first right now for an Isaiah Pacheco. I don't know that you can do that in three or four months time. So Pacheco, buyer beware and sell him as soon as you can. No, I I like that one, but I'm going to disagree with you. And here's why I do. So I'll agree with you and disagree with you. I agree with you that he no, just disagree. <laughs> he's probably reached his quote unquote ceiling. I don't see him. He's RB 14. Maybe gets into RB one because of hype at some point, if he has a great end of the season, sure. But I think that's where he stays. Like I, I don't see him dropping off because I think a, he runs too hard. I think they found a gem and why would they go and re-roll that okay. when they just tried the, the Clyde Edwards, Alaire experience. And they actually took a, took a stab at trying to take a running back early. And then, they end up finding one in the seventh round. So it's like, why Why would you go through that again? Well, Jerry McKinnon won't be a part of the team. It's that they said they were going to. I'm basing this off of what the GM sure, said. But I think I just, how do you stop giving carries to a guy like Isaiah Pacheco? The dude runs so hard. It's effective. He, he's playing well. So until I see a decline, like he, he looks, he's, he's efficient when he runs. He runs hard. The offense is working and he's the lone bright spot other than, what, what are you laughing at me for? No, dude, these are great arguments. But, bro, like, what's so crazy? Just remind yourself. We said the same thing about Tyler Algier. It made no sense. It made no sense why no, the Falcons drafted their running It's back. different. It's different. Like, it's different. The Chiefs aren't going to be in a position to get a Bijan Robinson. That's, that is completely different. The Chiefs that's will not get – they're not going to do that. So, the, the, I think that's a little different. And I also think that Pacheco is going to stay in that 14 to 20. That's a little broad. 14 to 18, let's call it. 14 to 18 range. I see him staying there through next season. And so I think the value will be relatively the same. He's not getting younger. He's a seventh round pick. I have my concerns. I think this is the the, the yeah. ceiling in terms Everybody of height. So. Now he, he could have a better season fancy. Like next year, he could rush for 11 or 12 touchdowns. Uh, I don't know what he's on pace for at, at this exact moment, but he could have better production ahead of him. I'm not saying he couldn't do that. I agree with what you're seeing on the field, but um, I just think that in terms of the dynasty value, he's not a piece you're going to yeah. feel safe. If you're rebuilding, you're, that's not a guy you want to hold on to at no. all. I'm saying if you're no, in a con- no, no. if you're a contender, if you're rebuilding, absolutely sell him. Like if you can get a first for him, he should have been off your team last last week. Um, so yeah, fair enough. Reveal to me this secret <sighs> person we were nervous about, bro. I'm so like contradicting myself and I love it, but it hurts. It hurts. Is this just, is this just it like, hurts. this isn't the buyer beware. This is the betrayal of the, my guys, or this is like the admitting my faults episode. No, no, it's really us. not admitting my faults because I love Nico Collins and I still stand by him. And I would, I would roster him unless there was a great offer that came through this guy. It, he was a, my guy. It was a, my guy that was very close to my heart. It's someone that I've talked about from the draft process all the way up until he became a Miami dolphin. And that is Devon a Chan. I, I almost put a Chan. Devon I almost put a Chan for me is a screaming need is most likely production wise going to get replaced. Raheem Mostert's playing fine. I don't know if Raheem Mostert's even on the team next year at the beginning of the season, all the way up until the trade deadline, they tried so hard. Miami did to get, a Jonathan Taylor, a Saquon Bart, like every time there was a a Dalvin Cook, any time an RB became available, they were the first ones that you heard, oh, Miami's actually interested. It wasn't just rumors of like, oh, well, they should go to Miami. It's like, no, Miami's actually interested on the phones trying to get these guys. 
anytime there was a conf or a contract issue. So this offseason, I Saquon Barkley is going to be a free agent. What if Tony Pollard goes there? Like, I think that offense is offense is built for efficiency. And it's the same argument that I've had for Achan. Achan is not a big back. He's proven to struggle with injury. A knee injury is not good, man. It, it's just not good. Yeah. And the fact that he re-injured it, it's not good. I just think next year, whether it's through the draft, whether it's through free agency, whether it's through trade, they're going to acquire the back that McDaniel wants. And it's going to be the back that they want in that offense. And Achan is just going to be a, an asset. This is going to be a Are supplement. Are you saying like, to, like McDaniels wants a bigger back? Like they – like like – because because how is H I think, I not think the he back wants a more a reliable back I would say more of a reliable healthy back like I mean healthy, wise, like I mean, you, I mean hot take can, knee injuries are bad for running backs <laughs> very hot take sell him if he has a knee injury um, no but I gen- legitimately think that they're going to find a way to they're going to replace Mostert Mostert most likely won't be on that team he's thirty one years old older running back um, and I think they're going to find a way to find someone that can actually carry the bulk of the work and not get injured like HN. HN, anytime he was great, phenomenal. He's just not Extremely built for efficient. a workload. He's just I, not I built, built for that workload. Exactly. No, I th- here's my one question. Like, mm-hmm. aren't you okay knowing he doesn't need a workload to be a fantasy superstar? And isn't that going to stick in people's minds? Because it's not like he ever got, you know, 20 touches in a game. And he was, there was some crazy stat that he was averaging like 31 half PPR points per game. Like when he was like, if you exclude the weeks when he's before he broke out or whatever, it was like that stretch he was on was insane. Yeah. This is someone who to me is in the perfect offense to be at, like, if I were trading for Devon HN right now, I know that I probably am not going to get someone who I can start and trust is going to be there every single week, but I will throw him even if he but is healthy. All that's season. the thing. That's the thing. He's RB seven on KTC. That's okay. RB7. So who seven? All right. So name. All right. Chris McCaffrey, obviously taking above him. B. John Robinson, you're taking above him. Kenneth yep. Walker, you taking above him? Uh, yes, I think. Uh, okay, ETN. Yes, yes, we'll say yes to Kenneth Walker. ETN, yes. Brees Hall. Yes. Jonathan Taylor. Mm, no, I, I, no. Uh, oof, that's that's a that's probably the line. I bro, I'm I'm worried about Jonathan Taylor. I really am. These injuries, the I, I just. The, Jonathan the Taylor's a huge back. Been, he can he can well, sustain injury. Well, yeah, he, you know well, what I mean. He's he's injured. Sure, it's a running back position. I, I, that's where I draw the line. I would probably actually take Jonathan Taylor over Devon Achan, but like that's pretty much where the line is for me. And that's exactly like Jonathan Taylor's RB six, Devon Achan's RB seven, but Kenneth okay. Walker's RB eight. I I'm a believer in Achan because I feel like I feel like people know because of how electric he was in terms of just the value conversation. Ah. People know he's always just one play away from glory, and it's the, like but RB seven. Really, you're telling me you're holding on to RB seven value. I don't know if I ever would have put him that high. I, I mean, yeah, actually, let, let me think here. Who, who are guys? I, I mean, like so ETN, behind him, we've got Kenneth Walker. You've got I'd Saquon Barkley. Take Saquon. You got Kyron Williams. That's an interesting mm, name. That's a tough conversation. I think you got to go. I think you got to go HN there. I think you got to go HN there. What Over he was Kyron, doing. So that's the line. So that's, that's RB2. I, like, I think Kyron's great, but yeah, it, it's, listen, you're not going to be mad if you get a first or a, a long-term wide receiver over HN, because we just know the running back position breaks down quicker and yeah. someone that what slight if, at the position. What if he's going to break down really quick? 25 year old, about to be 26 year old, Josh Jacobs ends up in Miami. 
I mean, that'd be cool. But I would take A-Chan over Josh Jacobs in Dynasty. Really? Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't know about that one. That's See, yeah. that's tricky for me. And I, I legitimately, I do like A-Chan. I just, as soon as he, and and you can ask anyone, as soon as I was a fan of A-Chan until he got to, at one point he was like RB4. And that's to me like, I'm okay asinine. with him being overvalued right now. I just, I wouldn't be upset trading for him right now. I think he's worth a late first. I really do. But running backs, if you're rebuilding, you shouldn't be doing that. In Correct. General. Yeah. So um, we agree on that. That's, that's a tough one. Good conversation. Last one I want to talk to about, this is a tough one. This is a really tough one um, because we've talked, I mean, this show could be just a quarterback show because of super flex leagues. Everything is driven by the quarterback um, and so anytime we can find value, we're searching for him. And Daniel Jones last year finished as the quarterback nine on the season. And we, we even came in, we had a segment like, who's going to be this year's Daniel Jones is like a great example, recruiting value. And obviously injury has hindered his year, but Daniel Jones, when he was on the field, looked awful. The Giants looked lost. Um, Daniel Jones, there's questions in my mind about whether or not the Giants, I mean, they won this last week, so maybe they they re- they re-roll with him. And he did get a long-term contract, but it isn't the type of contract they couldn't move on from. So Daniel Jones, I, I'm not predicting injury here. This is not what we're trying to say. But who is someone, who's that mid-level quarterback or a younger quarterback that we're hoping is going to get a long-term contract that really we should be avoiding? I'm going to make you go first again because I know oh. you're going to disagree with mine. Oh, oh absolutely, because I know I'm going to pick the guy. Like This should be the Justin Fields segment for me. Are you kidding me? This oh, this literally God. just screams Justin Fields to me. I literally Stop thought about it. I was like, it. should I go this a different direction? Because I had someone else. And I was like, no, absolutely not. Like why, why? Why would I not take the opportunity to tell you once again, Joshua Walsh, Justin Fields is going to fall off a cliff. His value in this offseason, it's going to be a where is he going to be? Does he get traded all the way until the draft? And then even if they don't trade him, it's like, oh, great. Now he's still on the – he's – dude, between the ears, I'm worried about him. I, I've, I've gone on here and said that coaching has been the issue, and I don't think the talent is the issue. I still don't think the talent is the issue, but you're seeing – He might you be ruined between the ears. You you're even right. admitted it. Right. You see him double clutching and doing this hit like – I I'm out OUT on Justin Fields and I don't know how you double down on him or how you have him in so many leagues or think, why you still continue to advocate for the man. But I mean, he's there. He's at some point you have to sell your merchandise, man. You have to be a believer. You have to sell, <laughs> you have to get rid of your product, bro. Like <laughs> this was my feel good. This was my feel good moment though, because you know, I had to talk about HN. I love HN. I had to talk about Nico. And then I saw this and I was like, just as this I thought we were getting on the same page. No, yeah, no, 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 totally. no. I mean, can you can you tell me this isn't lining up to be just like a Daniel Jones situation? Like, I don't think is it is it? at all because there was hype. There was Daniel Jones never had the hype Justin Fields has. Justin Fields has already fallen in terms of people's. You know, he was all the way up to quarterback six on keep trade cut. Now he's down to qu- quarterback fourteen. Um, Daniel Jones, it was like, oh, Daniel Jones, fantasy relevant, stringing it together. It, it had been years of disappointment. So I, I don't think the situation's exactly the same, but I do I do see where you're coming from with like, dude, it's not Justin Fields doesn't get a contract. It's not getting better. Like this, you should just be Daniel Jones actually got a contract. He played well enough to get a contract. Justin no, Fields know, arguably will not that get did. that. Definitely not that kind con- not from Chicago. I don't think I don't think Chicago's giving him a long-term contract this offseason. Um it wouldn't make sense for them to, as long as Carolina has the 101. It's they're going to keep their options open. Um, this is how bad it's gotten for me. Where I had a friend, um, I can't share too much. I can't, like, I, but he is not connected to the NFL. Like, he is not an NFL insider. He works in an industry where he rubs in with, like, consider him like this is the equivalent of a bartender who's like, hey, one of my regulars 
told who is involved in the NFL and wouldn't disclose it. He he texted me. He goes, "Hey, I'm hearing rumors of Fields to Atlanta." And I literally was like, I need to ask Mike if that's real because I'm so desperate for any hope oh of Fields gosh. getting resurrected in value. So I, oh man, I hope Chicago wins out the rest of the season for Justin Fields' sake. And so he just puts on great tape to get traded elsewhere because if they have the one-on-one, it's going to be hard-pressed for them not to take Caleb Williams because not only do they move on from a quarterback they're maybe not 100% on, but they reset the money issue because they don't have to give him a long-term contract. They start again with a rookie contract. So I can see it, man. Unfortunately, I can see it, even though I still believe in Fields. I, I'm just him and Pickens. I don't know how you – to me, the writing is on the wall. A thousand, a thousand rushing yards in a season. He's still going to have 600 rushing yards this year. I, there's reason to believe in him for fantasy purposes. Oh, my um, my This is going to be fun. 600. By the way, you had 700 rushing yards last year? Daniel Jones. Yes. That's why I brought that. That's, okay. It's cool. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying they're the exact same. It's going to be the exact same situation. You had a good answer. I'm not disagreeing. <laughs> <laughs> I just need you to come to the realization of like, you know what? I am, I am head over heels for someone who doesn't love me back and is not showing it. Bro, listen, the, the night is always darkest just before the dawn. <laughs> you, 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 you're never a losing gambler. Oh if you, you're always one, one, like, what is it? You're, you're always, you're, I think 14 blackjack hands away from being a millionaire. If you win fourteen times in a row in blackjack, where do you come up with this stuff? Up, well, that's just like on, that's like a uh, obvious gambling degenerate Matt thing. And I'm not saying I, I would ever do that. I'm just simply saying you're only gambling. You Battlestar Galactic. What, like, Dude, what are you? You always bring the, the randomest story. I have never in my life referenced Battlestar Galactica. I can not guarantee once. you started off a show. Did you guys see the Thursday night no, no, game no. of Battlestar no, no. Galactic? I've and- referenced. I have referenced Warhammer 40k because Henry Cavill is doing an Amazon show about it. So I was like, <laughs> let me research this because I love Henry Cavill. Okay, ninety percent of the audience has no idea what you're talking about. People know who Henry Cavill is. He's freaking Superman. Okay, like or was. Anyway, I digress. Getting back to yeah, the, yeah. someone who is not Superman, even though you might believe he is, my buyer beware is Will Levis. Dylan, Daniel Jones, and Will Ooh. Levis have opposite problems. Will Levis has great arm talent. I would, I will be the first one to admit that. Daniel Jones has great leg talent. We call him Vanilla Vic. The guy can scramble. Will Levis, bro, the whole reason Daniel Jones, I believe, has failed, they did not get enough weapons for passing purposes, into New York. You know, they drafted a Jalen Hyatt, but Darren Waller, he clearly didn't work out, even though comeback stories were believing for Darren Waller and the Inflection Network. Darren Waller's been injured. He he never got his footing. Daniel Jones is in limbo. I believe that the Tennessee Titans as a whole are going to be in limbo. They, they brought in DeAndre Hopkins. He's getting older. They still owe him money next year. What is the offensive future for Tennessee as a whole? Who does Will Levis have to throw to? He's thrown for six touchdowns in five games. Four of them came in the debut when they had no tape on him, and they were like, yeah, throw deep on us. He's like, I can do that. Since then, it's really calmed down. In the last three games, he hasn't had over 200 yards. I'm not faulting him, by the way. I'm not saying it's all his fault. We saw what Kenny Pickett could do when you got rid of Matt Canada. I'm simply saying Tennessee as a whole has been built for this downhill, grind, you know, hard-nosed defense. Derrick Henry grinds you to a halt. How does that philosophy change? The entire organization needs an overhaul. And here's my most important point. The overhaul is not going to come to focus on Will Levis. They didn't draft him in the first round. He never would have gotten this opportunity unless injury had happened. He was a second round pick. I don't believe they're committed to Will Levis. Buyer beware. And I know you were a buyer. 
I just don't think Will Levis is nearly as stable as people think. He's a risky play. He could work out because of his arm talent. I believe he's talented. Don't get me wrong. But I just think the situation is too tumultuous, much like it is in New York. If it's not Tennessee, it's going to be somewhere. And you, you have a great argument, and I understand where you're coming from, respectfully. Respectfully, I completely disagree. So and I think, I think so you're 100% correct when you say Tennessee needs a complete overhaul because this offense has been built around Derrick Henry, hand the ball off to Derrick Henry. We need ancillary pieces around to you know be able to pass the ball somewhat. When's the last time they had a namely wide receiver other than, well, I guess A.J. Brown. But even when A.J. Brown was there, like it was still the Derrick Henry show. I was like, when's the last time? Oh, yeah, they had A.J. Brown. The, Tennessee, but then they traded oh, him away. That was the turning point of like they put all their eggs in the t- Traylon Burks basket. It's unfortunate. Injury. It hasn't worked out for yeah. him. It's not great. I still have hope in Traylon Burks as well. DeAndre Hopkins. It's DeAndre Hopkins. I still think he's even going to be relevant next year. I still think he's going to be good. I think I trust Vrabel, I trust the front office, and I trust that team to make a change. And I think, yes, they didn't draft him in the first round, but they took an early second pick and took and drafted him. Like it's still that is still significant capital to go and try and draft a quarterback when you have Ryan Tannehill and you took a Willis the year before in the third round. I don't know if he was a guard or a tackle, but they literally in the second he was their second pick in the second round. Oh, yes. Well, they they needed an offensive lineman. Yes, they needed offensive linemen. Like what? Yeah, I'm. I, I'm simply saying. Listen, maybe a better comp for Will Levis is Kenny Pickett. It's. It's like oh, he. That's so disrespectful. He, he is so no, much more talented than Kenny Pickett. Arm talent. We're not arguing that. I'm saying talented in general. I'm saying like he's just a better yeah, quarterback. Yeah, but, he, than Kenny but Pickett. he has to have an opportunity. Do you? All right. Question. Do you believe in the theory like the most? For example. Like the U.S., if everyone played soccer, like we would win the World Cup every year. Like our best athletes don't play soccer. You know what I'm saying? No, I have no idea what you're trying to say. What I'm trying to say is that opportunity is half the battle. I believe some of the best football players who've ever existed probably have never gotten their shot in the NFL. A great example would actually be Traylon Burks. I think Traylon Burks is a fantastic football player. Injury has kept him from being incredible you know what i mean it is really hard to make it in the nfl it's a war of attrition you have to just show up and continue to grind every day that's why bo jackson isn't you know the all-time leading rusher and tom brady is the best quarterback that ever lived because tom brady found a way to get out on the field lead his men be excellent blah 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 will levis right now he has to fight just to stay on the field dylan that's my point it doesn't matter how talented his arm is if the offense if he doesn't get a showcase in an offense that isn't built around that talent and it certainly doesn't get to showcase it if a new I, I, so that's comes where in I actually disagree. He's not fighting to stay on the field. If they they still have a shot at making the playoffs, if they do not, okay. if, if they okay. felt like that was going to be jeopardized significantly, you think that Brabel would just say, you know, we're just going to keep him in. We just need to stuff, tough it out. No, because no, you know who's I mean, already taken them to the playoffs? Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, but Ryan Tannehill's past his prime, and you and I know that, and and they, and Tennessee knows that. Ryan Tannehill has not, more experience, though, to at least run an offense than Will Levis. He got all the reps in the offseason. Will Levis I'm has saying, gotten no opportunity to learn the offense. I just get, don't think the loyalty is as strong. It's just not as clear. I'm, I'm not going to advocate for the loyalty because be. these these coaches ain't loyal. These GMs, bro, they got loyal. rid of AJ Brown. Like I, I'm just saying, Tennessee as a yeah. whole, it's a tumultuous situation. Buyer beware. On Will Levis, you've already made that gamble, um, and we're just going to agree to disagree on it. We're going to take a really quick break, and when we come back, you know, we, this was a bit 
contentious. I liked it. It was good. It was fun. Testing Something me, else that's been, Testing. I know, well, there's, there's been, it's been that kind of, me hot. it's been that way in the chat. I'm trying to say it's like below deck. We've got a lot of beef to talk about and maybe how to encourage some more beef in your league. If it's feeling a little bit dry in the chat, stay tuned. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano. And we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my That's my dance, <laughs> Hey, Doug Gottlieb here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making the now perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck, like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines the raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. With the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower further than ever before. Or... Check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. With new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. When you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out the amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Prudential knows that no community is a monolith, and we all have unique financial needs. With black community partners across the nation, Prudential has a remarkable history of supporting communities and institutions that have been overlooked for far too long and are making a tangible impact. This includes their home city of Newark, where they're actively engaged in building stronger financial foundations. They are dedicated to offering equitable financial services that cater to diverse individual requirements while recognizing our shared goal of wealth building. For instance, they've pledged a staggering $1 billion to programs, partners, and initiatives focused on historically excluded communities. It's not just about dreaming anymore. It's about turning those dreams into reality by creating blueprints for generational wealth. Power the dreams of our communities today and future generations tomorrow. Learn more and build your financial blueprint today at prudential.com blueprints. We've referenced it before, um, and, and some people have attacked me a little bit of saying, it feels like I've spent more time building the league than I have building my team. And the reality, Dylan, we're, we're talking about some rivalries in Below Deck. I, I was slandered in a, a text today. One of the guys in our league has taken it upon himself to call himself the Adam Schefter of the league. He actually runs our Twitter if you want to follow Yacht Club Dynasty uh, football.com that existed before Mike Smith was ever in the league. It existed before the show. We were tweeting out, you know, breaking news stories from the league. It seems like I'm always having to defend my like authority as the commissioner and not even, it's not even my authority. It's just like 
that the league is people are like, oh, this is all going to crap. I'm like, guys, we are the <laughs> craziest, most involved league that's ever existed. None of you read the contract. It's it's exhausting. To be a commissioner, was, you have to have a backbone. You have to have no, a backbone. If you don't have a backbone. Skin, you have to have a thick skin more than anything. I, I think a lot of commissioners get in trouble trying to do too much. Like, well, I'm in charge. I'm in control. Like you, At the end of the day, as a commissioner, you are the organizer of everyone's – you're just trying to keep everyone organized, like, hey, so we can keep playing the game. Like You want yep. people to say. But all I was going to say was it, my biggest rival is just whoever is trying to tear down the integrity of the league that particular Sunday. So this week for me, uh, it was the Adam Schefter of our league who runs YachtClubDynastyFootball.com. He was leaking reports that I was stepping down as commissioner. I, my <laughs> sister, who is an attorney, this is how stupid we get Like in, in this. I was like, this will be hilarious. I'm having her write a cease and desist letter <laughs> to send to him with like hilarious terms. Like if you don't do, like take this report, because he didn't reach out to me for comment. He floated a rumor, wow. unsubstantiated, and he didn't give me a head up beforehand. So that's, I think it's called libel. Um, so he's committed <laughs> a my sister is. I was just double checking with her. So the law offices of Dewey, Cheatham, and Howe will be reaching out. Uh, but Dylan, rivals for you are much different. You know, you mm-hmm. you actually have a team, and you have a lot of very unique takes. And you're you're a college football, and you're a Devi fan, man. Like you believe yeah. in your guys, and you take shots. You get a lot of crap. Uh, and other than Mike Smith, man, like there's not many allies. It's kind of you versus everyone else in the league. Who is your biggest rival, and why? Yeah, I mean. So I want to preface this a little bit with just setting the floor for rivalries in general, right? I was I was in another league and I was talking. I'm in a Wait, another we're league. Setting the, we're setting the floor, not the table. Why? Why are we, are we eating right, on the floor? Listen, we we grow with money, man. We, sometimes we just <laughs> have to cook and eat on the floor. <laughs> we have a dining room table. <laughs> no, we we can't. We have been all. I've Rico Duado, Regime, Regime. Say reg, uh, Regime. Re, you can't even do it right now. Uh, our fifth grade. Let me set the floor. Okay. Let me set the yeah. floor. Set the set stage. The is that better? Set the stage. Is that much better? better. Okay. That's great. The table, the stage. I just don't want to eat on the floor. <laughs> Let Sweet me set personally. the stage for you. Thank I'm you. in a league, and I was talking to the commissioner, and we were talking in our league about rivals, right? And there's mm-hmm. so many different ways to to generate. Some people want rivals because people talk about their stat, their chat growing stale during the season or in the off season, and they just want to stir the pot. And you have some people that do that naturally. Davis is one of those people that just does that just by being the Davis. value king himself. Yeah, absolutely. like he literally doesn't have to do anything. Just talk, say hi in a chat, and it sets the whole thing ablaze. But I think I don't think rivalries can be forced. I don't think you can do divisions that sure those get interesting. That's fun. You can do divisions, but you know, you can't emulate the actual NFL. It doesn't get the way to honestly create rivals is to have a bunch of personalities in a group and just let them free for all. And I think Josh, as a, as a commissioner, you've done a great job at that. You've just let the people, the personalities be the people in the personalities. However, you catch the brunt of every single one of those personalities all at once. And so I commend, I commend you for that. Well, talking. I would say, no, no, just really quickly. I do think there's a way to create rivalries. And I think as a commissioner, if you want to promote it, do not try to over-control trades because bad trade negotiations, mm-hmm. that's the number one creator of rivals. The amount of calls I've gotten from people oh. is like, hey, like, especially when a league first starts, because I commissioned a couple leagues, people are like, hey, I don't know them super well. Um, I just want to ask, what are they smoking? Because how <laughs> dare they offer me this disrespect? I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, you know what is game? It's so funny you say that because that's exactly where I was going. And I was going to lead into my rivalry. And what the best way to start a rivalry, if you really want to get under people's skin, 
and I hate this. You should never do this. This should be, I'm going to try to do something in the offseason in the Yakla to get this banned. Screenshotting trades is got to be the number one middle finger to the face of anyone. That that ultimately all respect goes out the window. I'm not going to enter into trade negotiations if we're going to talk and then you're going to screenshot things and put them in the chat. Oh, and share them in the chat. I, I don't mind that at all. I don't mind oh. that at all, to be honest with you. What? That is the most, how do I say this PG? I, I don't even, I, I can't even say it because I can't keep it clean. It is, I, it makes me so mad. It makes me so mad when people do that. How do you, how do you say that's okay? Is that not just uh, like the wussiest thing you could do? I, like post you're, you're, no, no, you're in negotiations and you don't like the trade. So you say, ha ha ha, look how trash this person's doing. It's like, what makes you think the trade's going to go through? That's going to help negotiations. It's at not, all? it's, it's certainly not, but it sets a precedent of don't come to me with this low ball offer. It's, it's behavior modification. Like my whole thing is like, so if I ever send, I would never get mad if someone sent a crappy trade that I sent out, like at all. Like I, to me, if you put an offer on paper, maybe this is just coming from my, my industry is like, you have to be able to defend that to some extent. And if you can't, and you just say like, I'm trying to get away with BS. Great. I think that drives engagement. I don't care at all. If people, as you know, because it's like, I love Justin Fields. Like, what are you looking at? Like, if I like a player, if I like a certain thing, I don't care about people's opinion. My biggest argument with that and why I hate it is because value is so objective. It really is. It's so objective. Like you can say, say they offers guard. There are blatantly I, terrible. Have offers, I ever absolutely. done that to you though? Here's my question. Screenshot? Have I ever done that to you? Yeah. Like share no. a trade that, that no. no, have I ever done that to Mike? Have I ever no, done that no. to uh, the, the fellow Arizonan golf member on my no, team? No. The trade partners that I always get stuff done with. I have no need to do that. Cause I, I would never blow up a good relationship. Like, Hey, we have a, you know, we have a rapport. We're able to get to a deal quickly. Boom. I'm able to share it guys who I don't do that many deals with. There's a level of posturing where I'm like, Hey dude, if you're going to like, cause there are some people, and this is just where our league is great who approach trades. Like it's a hostile takeover. Like they're a corporate raider. They're like, listen, you're lucky you're receiving our call. You're so blessed to get <laughs> this. Like, like I'm just entertained by the whole thing. I'm like, really? I am. Well, Thank I, you. the people that I'm talking about that this literally happened to me and it literally just makes me so mad. They're D heads. Cause I, I'm just trying to keep a PG. They're t- complete D heads and I can't stand them. Door heads. Yeah. Door heads. <laughs> they're door heads. They literally, I send them an offer. We're talking about negotiations. They send me, they've sent me so many disrespectful offers and I just, I counter, I want to enter in a negotiation, right? You talk about it. I don't screenshot and send it. I send them one thing and these D heads go and post it in the chat and just try to make this hoopla. I'm out having dinner with my family tonight. I'm getting added in the chat for no reason. They're not even playing me this week. And they're that trying is to the worst. Like that is the worst. Like, for? You open the chat and it's like, you're being roasted. And then people are like, Oh, where are you? LOL. You're so scared to respond. Took you long. And I was like, literally, bro, I literally had a life. Like, what are you? <laughs> if I don't respond right away, I'm literally, these D heads literally get on me. They're just like, well, where's, where's Dylan at? Blah, blah, blah. He, blah, blah. and they talk about, my competitive I, edge and attack me and I can't even defend myself because I'm not on the chat. It's just annoying. I'm convinced that we need to spend league funds to rent out a boxing rink oh. so that, or rink, boxing rink, boxing ring. Uh, we so should we live can have, stream it on, oh, on we the, should. Destiny, on the website. Or, or, uh, the Dynasty Exchange. Well, I just mentioned it two together. Well, Dynasty Exchange Dynasty Underground. Dynasty, we, can just do it, we can do it on the Yacht Club website as well. We <laughs> Yacht Club, yes. Places, but <laughs> we, we have beef that needs to be settled and the world will be more entertained for it. Well, that is going to do it for us. Um, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Dynasty Exchange. 
Great that the Cowboys finally got a win over a 500, uh, above 500 team. I'm praying that the uh, the luck continues. But the reality is, I'm riding high because probably in a month I'll be I'll be down in the dust. Thank you, Cowboys. Good job, Zach. And this has been the Dynasty. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Bring spring color inside this season with Bear Premium Plus paint, starting at just $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. Add a pop of blue to your kitchen with the Bear exclusive color Arrowhead Lake or a splash of Amazon Jungle to your living room. Bring a cool breeze to your bathroom with sea glass or accent your bedroom with sunrise-inspired colors like coral cloud and dark crimson. Let your creativity bloom this spring with Bare Premium Plus paint starting at just $28.98 a gallon at The Home Depot. How doers get more done.